Hello, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Educating Investors Podcast. My name is Scott Peterson, Financial Advisor of Harmony Wealth Management. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode, The Risk in the Triple B Bond Market and Potential Aftershocks. I believe that educated investors equal successful investors. The goal of this podcast is to help to educate as many individuals as possible on markets, the economy, and financial planning topics. This week, I will discuss what is the triple B bond market, the potential risk with them currently, and other risks that can arise from downgrades of that market. A great place to begin would be with the major rating agency of bonds and the ratings themselves. While there are a number of rating agencies out there, the three major ones usually referred to are Moody's, Standard & Poor's, otherwise known as S&P, and Fitch. These agencies assign credit ratings for the issuers of debt obligations or bonds, in addition to specific debt instruments issued by those companies. A bond rating is a grade given to a bond by these various rating services that indicates its credit quality. It takes into consideration a bond's issuer's financial strength or its ability to pay a bond's principal and interest in a timely fashion. For this discussion in the episode of this podcast, I will take a look at the ratings from one of these rating agencies, S&P. If you want to learn more about the other major rating services, I would highly recommend going to their websites where they have their rating scales and definition of each of the ratings. So the S&P rating service have investment grade ratings and speculative ratings for bonds. The highest rated investment grade bonds are rated AAA by S&P. Investment grade ratings go all the way down to triple B minus, Anything below triple B minus going down to D are known as speculative grade bonds. They also may be known as junk bonds or high yield bonds. So let's discuss the differences between investment grade bonds and high yield bonds. An investment grade bond is one that is seen as safer and a more stable investment that are tied to corporations or government entities that have a positive outlook. An investment grade is a rating that signifies a municipal or corporate bond presents a relatively low risk of default. S&P Global Ratings have a definition for each category of investment grade from AAA to B. For the scope of this discussion, I'm going to discuss the definition of the B category. For those interested in the definition of the higher rated investment grade categories, you can find those on the S&P Global Ratings website at www.spglobal.com backslash ratings. The S&P Global Ratings definition of a triple B bond is as followed. A triple B rated bond is an obligation that exhibits adequate protection parameters. However, adverse economic conditions or changing circumstances are more likely to weaken the issuer's capacity to meet its financial commitments on the obligation. So in other words, these issuers could have a harder time meeting its obligations such as interest payment or payment of principal at maturity in a slowing economy or a recession. A high yield bond, also known as junk or speculative bonds, have a rating below triple B by S&P Global Ratings. A high yield bond is a high paying bond with lower credit ratings than investment grade corporate bonds. They have a higher risk of default. Default is the failure to repay a debt including interest or principal on a loan or security. Now that we have a better understanding of the triple B investment grade bond market and the high yield bond market, let us analyze the growth in the size of the triple B market in comparison to the high yield market and the reasons for the growth. According to S&P, from 2007 to 2018, 
The growth of the triple B rated bonds increased by 330% or from less than a trillion dollars to 3.4 trillion at the end of 2018. As of December 31, 2018, triple B rated bonds made up 55% of the S&P U.S. investment grade corporate bond index compared with 37% in 2007. During the same period, the high yield bond market grew by 98%. So what caused this dramatic growth in the triple B rated bond market? First of all, according to Wells Fargo, there are 67% more individual triple B rated companies issuing debt now than in 2007. The growth in the number of issuers occurred as post-crisis debt financing was cheap. Companies would use the cheap debt financing to buy back stock or increase dividends. In 2018, according to Yardeni Research, borrowing funded 56% of that year's record buybacks. The increase in buybacks meant less shares outstanding, which leads to higher earnings per share growth, which can lead to potentially higher stock prices short-term based on the increasing earnings growth. Another reason for the growth in triple B-rated bonds is this historically low cost of financing has driven a wave of merger and acquisition activity. According to data from Wells Fargo, since 2015, 752 billion of investment-grade bonds have been issued to fund merger and acquisition activity. This was caused by companies' inability to grow organically, so they used debt to finance merger and acquisitions to help pay for growth. So the growth in the triple B-rated bond market has been dramatic over the last 10-plus years, and this has led to some potential risk going forward. The first risk would be of a major downgrade of triple B-rated bonds due to a slowdown or a recession. According to S&P, 19% of the triple B category bonds are rated triple B-. 19% of $3.4 trillion triple B bond market would mean that $646 billion are rated triple B-. According to a forecast by J.P. Morgan, the rate of downgrades will return to normal in the next recession. According to their research, that would imply $210 billion of triple B downgrades in two years and $305 billion over three years. They went on to say that if there is a higher than average number of downgrades, there could be $367 billion of downgrades in two years and $494 billion in three years. A mass downgrade of corporate debt could force institutional investors to dump hundreds of billions of dollars worth of bonds, leading to a crisis in the bond market. This would happen because it could cause forced selling among investors that need to hold investment-grade assets because these bonds would not be investment-grade any longer because of the downgrade. Managers of the investment-grade bond funds would also have to sell bonds that were downgraded to below investment-grade based on their mandates, which could hurt the investment returns of individual investors owning these bond funds. The worry is that this downgrade cycle would be similar to the one that occurred at the beginning of the financial crisis a decade ago involving subprime mortgage bonds. The issue now is the size of the triple B bond market is much larger than the subprime mortgage market before the Great Recession. Jeffrey Gunlack, founder and CIO of Los Angeles-based DoubleLine Capital in May, stated that he thought a downturn in the corporate bond market could be similar to that of the subprime collapse during the Great Recession due to the larger size of the corporate bond market. He also stated in May that based on corporate leverage ratios, 38% of the corporate bond market should be rated junk. We just had a recent example of what a potential downgrade could look like with Ford. Ford's credit rating was cut to junk status by Moody's last week. The other two rating agencies, S&P and Fetch, 
kept their ratings where they currently are, which is two ratings level above junk. Ford's debt is allowed to stay in the Bloomberg Barclays Investment Grade Corporate Bond Index as long as they are rated investment grade by two out of the three major rating companies. If one of these other two rating agencies does downgrade Ford, the company would represent the largest single issuer of dollar-denominated junk bonds from an advanced economy, according to Bank of America. And this issue could even get worse with the tidal wave of debt issuance potentially still to come. According to the Wall Street Journal this week, requests for U.S. corporate debt identification codes increased 38% in September from the previous month, according to QCIP Global Services, which sells the codes akin to serial numbers for new debt and equity securities. So there are still a lot of companies looking to issue even more debt to take advantage of the lower interest rates. The downgrade of triple B debt to high yield would cause the next risk to potentially take place. If we were to get anywhere from 200 to 500 billion dollars in downgrades to high yield during the next recession which JP Morgan forecasts, this would overwhelm the much smaller high yield bond market. The triple B portion of the investment grade bond market is more than double the size of the entire high yield market. Triple Bs add up to more than $3 trillion worth of bonds, while the entire U.S. high yield bond market is worth around $1.2 trillion. This would happen at a time when demand for high yield would be falling. This would lead to credit spreads winding and prices of high yield bonds falling. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, a triple B rated credit or bond that deteriorates to junk status would see a 245 basis point increase in funding costs. This would lead to potentially large losses on high yield debt. Finally, the risk with triple B issuers debt could bleed over potentially to their equities. These triple B issuers have used the increased issuance of debt in a lot of cases to buy back their stocks and increase their dividends. The triple B category issuers globally have bought back nearly 1.4 trillion in shares between 2013 through 2018. Shareholders of highly indebted companies shouldn't expect the payouts to continue if the U.S. economy starts to contract and cash becomes scarce. But many companies would rather cut shareholders' payouts than face the increasing borrowing costs that would accompany a downgrade into the high-yield market. As stated previously, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, a triple B-rated credit or bond that deteriorates to junk status would see a 245 basis point increase in funding costs. An example of this would be Ford. Ford would look to do whatever is necessary to make sure that one of the other two major rating agencies don't cut their ratings to junk. This would include cutting stock buybacks, which help the company's earnings per share by there being less shares outstanding, which Ford already has done. According to information from YChart, the last quarter that Ford had quarterly buybacks of its stock was third quarter of 2018. Also, they could potentially cut the dividend as well. This is especially a risk if the economy were to slow or fall into a recession, with Ford having a current payout ratio of 117.6% and a coverage ratio of 85.04% on their current dividend. As a reminder, Ford suspended its dividend back in 2006, right before the Great Recession, only to bring back its quarterly dividend payment back in first quarter of 2012. History does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. So what can an investor do to help to diversify some of these potential risks associated with triple B bonds? First of all, investors should take a look to see the amount of triple B bond rated exposure they have in their fixed income portfolio. 
with the potential risk of triple B rated bonds being downgraded, investors should look to have more exposure to higher rated investment grade bonds. Look to increase credit quality on the investment grade portion of the portfolio to A or higher. Second, investors should look to reduce exposure to high yield debt based on the potential risk of these triple B downgrades that the small high yield market would have a hard time digesting. The larger supply of high yield based on these downgrades in a time where the economy has slowed or has entered a recession would lead to credit spreads to widen and prices to drop based on lower demands for high yield. Finally, with the potential of this bleeding into the equities of triple B rated issuers, investors should look to see if these issuers' stock could be at risk based on them having to do whatever is necessary not to be downgraded to high yield, which would cause their funding costs to increase in the bond market. This could lead companies to potentially stop buybacks that can help earnings per share and cut dividends that current revenue streams may not be able to support. Everything held equal, both of these would normally be negatives for their equity prices. If you're not able to do these things on your own, find a financial advisor that acts as a fiduciary to educate you on these potential risks in your portfolio. This advisor should be able to assist you in helping to diversify these risks based on your personal financial plan and asset allocation. If your current advisor does not take the time to educate you on these risks and find ways to diversify your portfolio from them, find a financial advisor that can because an educated investor equals a successful investor. This completes this episode of the Educating Investors podcast. I know that time is an important asset for everybody, so I appreciate you taking a part of your day to listen. If you enjoyed the content of this podcast, feel free to share this with other friends and family that may be interested. Also, feel free to check out my website at www.harmonywealthmanagement.com to learn more about what I do, as well as to find my contact information and links to my LinkedIn page and blog. The Educating Investors podcast is presented for informational purposes only. The information presented on the Educating Investors podcast should not be construed as investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The Educating Investors Podcast, its host, Scott Peterson, and his firm, Harmony Wealth Management LLC, should not be held liable for any losses resulting from investment decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on the Educating Investors Podcast show.